from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. And this week, I'm joined by uh, Professor Clark from Our Lady of the Lake University, and we're going to be talking about their computer information systems and security degrees. Uh, if you're going to be able to stay with us uh, on 1200 WAI or on iHeartRadio streaming, uh, great. We're going to be uh, talking about this for the next hour. If you're not going to be able to stick with us uh, tonight on air, uh, this program will go up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, June 18th. Uh, it will also uh, go out onto uh, every podcasting service on the Internet. And uh, for listeners out there, if you have a favorite podcasting service where you cannot find our program, please reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, let us know, and we will fix that. We will also get you a CyberTalk Radio T-shirt. And for the uh, computer enthusiasts or uh, college students on a budget, uh, if you want to figure out how to set up your own podcasting service uh, and let us know, we'll add the program to it, and we will send you a T-shirt. Uh, so that's your own little learning exercise there if you would like to go that route. So, uh, Vanessa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so I want to just, uh, we've had um, some other folks on the program from Our Lady of the Lake in the past. Uh, so we'll, we'll go back and talk a little bit about that here in a minute and kind of what's going on and how the, the university's uh, growing in this area. Uh, but how did, uh, for the, those listeners out there, how did you get interested in this and, and go through to, to become a, a professor teaching in the computer information systems and security space? Well, I'll have to be honest with you. Uh, this began in quite a haphazard uh, way right at the beginning of my career before I, st I went to college. Uh, I've always been interested in the sciences, STEM in general, technology, math, numbers. And so when I first was choosing careers, I actually chose pre-med. So I almost didn't go into this. Yeah. Uh, once I started college, I thought, hmm, maybe I want to do something else. And so I went and... Uh, chose two different careers actually I have a, I also have a business background I went and double majored in accounting and information system and back then uh, when I went to college this was quite a hot uh, pair of oh, yeah. uh, fields to do yeah uh, to get, go for together yeah get us out of all these manual processes with paper in the accounting world and get us on the computers absolutely yes. and so I double majored I then moved on to a master's in professional accountancy and then from there, I went to a PhD in information systems. So I've kind of been uh, involved with both careers uh, ever since. When I finished my PhD, I wasn't sure if I wanted to teach full time. They make you teach when you do a PhD. And so once I started teaching, I thought, I really enjoy this. I enjoy the research. I enjoy teaching. And so uh, here I am today. Yeah, I know. It's a, a great uh, story. And I think this is your background is helpful. And, and as many listeners out there are like, well, I haven't been doing this computer security stuff since I in high school. Like, I, I can't go get a career in this. I can never uh, become an accomplished professional. And your story is, is one of the countless examples out there of people that, that discover their passion in this area, at even in college. And, and others I've heard beyond uh, in their 30s and 40s discover it and go into this area. And the other thing I think that's important for folks out there is Cybersecurity is not just all Mr. Robot. I mean, there's that's one like thing in there. You yes. should you get in and do the super technical piece, but um, without the policy and process and understanding of what information is valuable, how you should uh, assign resources to protect it, and those other things, um, 
having the the people that can figure out how to reverse engineer malware and um, all the rest of the super technical cybersecurity things, none of that matters if you don't understand the, the what's going on uh, in the business or a person's life um, with the information, which what should you protect, where should you protect it and why um, without all that planning and controls and, and all of those other aspects that you learn in accounting and in cybersecurity. And I mean, like I talk to folks about uh, tamper-proof ledgers all the time. And like if you have an accounting degree, you're like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Yeah, you don't get to go, the ledger is the ledger. You don't get to go, you, make, you can add a correction on there, but you don't get to go erase records from a ledger. And in computing world, often we need to, to have more kind of tamper-resistant um, logging of information if you're trying to, to track security on, on different things. So I'm a little bit off on a tangent, but... Uh, so tying back into this, so uh, when uh, we we talked, um, I guess gosh, it's almost been two years now. Uh, Our Lady of the Lake had a, a cybersecurity program. Uh, so what stuff have, have uh, has gone on over at the university over the last couple of years? Well, we've actually had quite a bit going on. Uh, we have had some uh, involvement, further involvement in community events. Uh, We've been trying to get involved in uh, K-12 and middle to high school students uh, and engaging them in technology and security and really just um, STEM in general and computer science, you know, not, not directing it toward Remove a particular- the intimidation factor. Correct, yes. yes. Every, we can all do this. Uh, you know, all we need to do is, is have some preparation, right? So we have gotten involved with a few uh, events. Um, we, we hosted a group of Cyber Patriot students from Ed White Middle School in our campus. We had some of our students uh, help out in their practices and preparing them for competitions as well. Um, and uh, the team was awarded the top finalist cup for middle school division at the San Antonio Mayor's Cyber Cup uh, in 2018. So we were really excited Congrats about that. Congrats to uh, the team there from Ed White. And Ed. For, for those that have not attended a, a Mayor's Cyber Cup uh, luncheon before, it's uh, about 500 plus attendees, uh, all of the, the different top cyber patriot teams at middle school and high school level, plus a, a number of industry professionals uh, get together. And uh, each year, the city of San Antonio honors them in an awards banquet. Um, we've uh, done an episode of Cyber Talk Radio uh, on location from a, a Cyber Cup luncheon. Uh, so if you, you wanted to learn a little bit more about what happens there and how those kids are recognized, uh, check out our archives on uh, iTunes or Pocket Cast or Stitchers or whichever podcasting service you use. Or you can also uh, look at the episode search on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Absolutely. And uh, Olu has also been uh, a sponsor of the Mayor's Cyber Cup Awards. So we attend every year. We participate in the school fair that they have. Um, we've seen it grow uh, dramatically. I mean, just the number of students that we see participating have, yeah. has increased. Thank uh, you, Cyber Texas Foundation. Absolutely. So and, we're and, excited to continue to be involved yeah, with and, it. And thank you, parents and volunteers and everyone else out there that's uh, encouraging the schools to add Cyber Patriot teams. And uh, my, my shout out here on the, the radio and call out, uh, if your school is funding sports programs, it needs to be funding Cyber Patriot. It's less expensive than almost every other major sport um, from a, a cost requirement perspective. And there's an infinite number of jobs for uh, kids in cybersecurity if they learn this. And it also teaches creative problem solving and teamwork and all those benefits of team sports for those that um, 
don't necessarily have the the athletic interest to go play a physical outdoor team sport. So this is a way to to expand the opportunities for more kids to get them interested in STEM and potentially get them heading on to universities and degree programs in these different areas. But even if they just play Cyber Patriot in on a your team in high school, uh, the chances of them being able to get an entry level uh, tech job straight out of high school. Uh, much better than them being able to get a job uh, as a football player straight out of high school. Absolutely. And so uh, to add to that, uh, we are also trying to collaborate in the effort of getting uh, these younger students involved in the field. And so last summer, actually for two summers in a row, we hosted the We Teach CS Collaborative. This came from a UT grant. And uh, the purpose of this was to get K-12 teachers to learn computer science uh, concepts. So these were not teachers that were previously computer science teachers. They were from all different fields. And we hosted some classes there at the lake and uh, taught some computer science principles as well as some Java programming so that they could take that, turn around, turn it around and uh, teach that to their own students. Yeah, and, and this is a, a really important one, and uh, it's great that you, you got the grant and we're, we're doing this here in the San Antonio area. So for, for parents out there wondering, well, why is there, uh, why does my son or daughter's high school not have uh, AP computer science class available? Why are they not teaching programming classes and fundamentals of computer science and those other uh, courses at, my, at the high school my son or daughter attends? Well, because so the Texas Department of Education has specific requirements for teachers um, before they're allowed to teach those classes. And not every school out there has a teacher that meets the credential requirements to be able to teach those different courses. So uh, programs like this We Teach CS help those K-12 through teachers get the things that they need in order to be able to offer those classes at the different high schools. I, there's, I have not had a conversation with a high school principal that says, no, I, I don't want to offer those classes to our students. Every principal wants to offer those classes. There's just not an, enough folks out there available with the credentials to be able to teach them. At the elementary and middle school, there's a little bit more flexibility there, and I think uh, this is why we've, we've seen – um, some school districts start to to approach it and attack it down at that level um, because they, they get a little bit more leeway on who's allowed to teach what and how are they allowed to introduce some of these concepts um, at the, the elementary and middle school level. But at, at the high school level, the, the credentialing is is real strict on being able to teach those certain courses and, and without more funding going to help the current teachers expand um, their cap their capabilities, uh, we're going to continue to be in the shortage. So thank you and Our Lady of the Lake and, and for uh, applying for that grant, um, getting the grant, and, and, and getting more of our teachers capable of uh, delivering uh, this type of curriculum out to the, the kids that need to get it. Absolutely. There, we've been seeing a lot of efforts lately on uh, trying to get kids to study the field, uh, even, you know, all the way down to uh, kindergarten, yeah. really. And so uh, we've seen one of our uh, faculty and a chair of the CISS uh, department, Dr. Carol Jeffries Horner, uh, was part of a panel in the NICE K-12 uh, Cybersecurity Education Conference. And that's exactly what they were discussing. They were discussing uh, shaping the nation's cybersecurity leaders. Yeah, I mean, as you, you talk about all the way down to the kindergarten level for this uh, kind of fundamentals of computer science. So any computer scientists out there um, or folks that majored in it in college probably at some point um, had a, a program where you, you learned your first sorting algorithm. And it was probably um, write a program that uh, does a digital version of the Towers of Hanoi. 
Um, if you've never played that that game, it's a, a three peg game that's got um, discs on it that shrink in size as it goes up, and you've got to move all the discs from one peg to another peg without ever putting a bigger disc on top of a smaller disc. And um, you can give these physical little wooden Tower of Hanoi games to a, even a preschooler, and they can move the discs around and learn to play it, and they won't realize they're learning algorithms and the fundamentals of computer science, but that's what they would be learning with that little game. I had a wood one that I played with as a, a kid. I'm, knowing my parents, it's probably still around somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, so it's there's ways that you can introduce algorithmic thinking and all of these things all the way down through the education spectrum but the the teachers have to be aware of the concepts and the the cap what the the students need to learn and, and the teachers can figure out ways to get it into an age-appropriate format so that their students can learn it and be excited about it and engaged absolutely and you know going back to the uh being involved in different fields not just uh straight computer science at uh, your entire education we have a STEAM center at Olu, which I think is a really cool idea. Uh, we've added the A. You've noticed that it's not yes. just STEM. We've added the A for arts. And so uh, they uh, are working to have events where you can combine STEM with the arts. And so this summer, it's ongoing right now. Actually, uh, we have an 11-year-old that is part of this camp at Olu. That's awesome. And uh, the camp is called Habitable World. And it's a week-long camp. And what they're doing is having the kids, uh, middle school kids, get involved in hands-on activities in science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. So all of the above, hence the STEAM Center. And all of it is going to be focused around water and its role for sustained earth life. So they're also involving sustainability in there. So I think it's a pretty good, good idea. Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I love that. And I mean, the, the more that uh, we can expose kids not only to the, the STEAM piece, but actually get them on a college campus while they're in that middle school age. So they're not intimidated. Absolutely. Because like in San Antonio, there's uh, many families here uh, where like no one in the household has graduated from college. And in, and so college is this super intimidating thing. And if you can get over um, the intimidation factor, I mean, kids are all equally capable in a way, like where you can go out and find your passion, find your area. And there is a, a college level degree program that you can go through, be successful and make a great career out of. Uh, but you've got to get over that intimidation factor first. And I think getting them exposed uh, to uh, the, the campus during summer camps is a, a great way to do that. Um, so if you uh, just turned your radio on in your car right now, you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, um, and uh, I'm the the host, Brett Pyatt, a internet security veteran and uh, the, I guess, three-year almost now host of this program uh, on 1200 WAI. I'm joined this week by Dr. Vanessa Clark from Our Lady of the Lake University. Uh, if you wanted to hear um, this uh, program in full. Uh, it'll go up on our website on Tuesday, June 18th at, at www.cybertalkradio.com. It'll also go out there on, on YouTube if you would love to see a still photo of uh, Dr. Clark and I. Uh, we uh, do not do video in the in the program. Uh, if we got a bunch of listener demand for video, we would consider it. So if you would like us to do that, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know that you would love to see live video on YouTube. Uh, and then maybe we'll change that. Uh, but we're also out there on all the podcasting services. So pick your favorite podcasting service and you should be able to find our program. Uh, we're uh, going to head. Um, we got a, a little bit more in this segment before we head into a bottom of the hour break for a news traffic and weather update. Uh, as we, we get into the, the back half of the program after the bottom of the hour break, uh, we were going to talk uh, about a online uh, master's 
of Science in Information Systems and Security Program uh, that's available uh, at Our Lady of the Lake. So if you're listening in the San Antonio area, you can definitely attend. But if you're listening anywhere in the world, you can also attend because you uh, don't physically have to go to campus uh, in order to uh, get this uh, master's degree. Uh, we'll talk more about that after, the, after uh, that news traffic and weather update at the bottom of the hour. And then we'll uh, also uh, go into uh, the Cyber Saints and uh, Dr. Clark will share uh, what the heck the Cyber Saints are and uh, why that's also something cool to talk about on the radio. So uh, as we we get back into uh, wrapping um, this segment up, uh, you were, were talking about Steam um, and and some of the uh, the activities the kids are doing at uh, summer camp this year. Uh, it's probably too late for folks to uh, register for summer camp now this summer. Um, it, it, how, how, where should folks go to, to learn about those programs and find out about them so that we can increase the participation heading into next year? You can actually find it in our uh, webpage if you go to olusa.edu and you search for the STEAM Center, S-T-E-A-M. Uh, you'll be able to find anything that they're up to. And they're, they're actually involved with a lot of programs. Uh, they are involved with uh, numerous grants, and they're always trying to get uh, more students and a younger uh, demographic to start uh, thinking about STEM. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if uh, you also will on the recap that we put up for this program, we'll make sure that we link uh, to that uh, STEAM Center in our, our recap post. So you can follow CyberTalk Radio on, on Twitter. Um, we'll blast out the, the recap blog post from there as, as well as on, on our Facebook page. Uh, so uh, one of the, the things we'll talk a little bit about uh, after the break uh, is tied to that master's degree program is the, the uh, National Security Agency and Department of Homeland Security accreditation uh, for uh, for that degree program and for the, the university, I guess, overall, because first you have to get the whole university accredited to get the degree program. How does some of that work? So it, it actually goes hand in hand. Uh, you At the time that you are accrediting the program, you have to go through a process that also involves the entire university. So a lot of the times it just sounds like maybe it's just our uh, degree that is accredited. But uh, we just went through uh, redesignation recently. Yeah. And you have to involve the entire university. So it includes things like uh, having cybersecurity topics that are outside of the CISS, CISS department. So yeah. obviously we teach cybersecurity. But are we sharing that knowledge? With the university, with other departments, are there other classes that have elements of security in them that are relevant for those classes? And also, are we sharing the information with the community? So it also involves us, uh, the faculty, the program, and the students uh, going out there and sharing the information and preparing uh, people with uh, certain cybersecurity topics, sometimes basic Stuff like don't log on to uh, public Wi-Fi if you're going to be entering Social Security <laughs> yeah. information, right? And so basic things uh, like that. So we we have the responsibility to share what we're teaching. Uh, and, and I mean, that's super important. And I think uh, this is one of the, the big goals of the, the program here on the radio is to just to help raise that basic cybersecurity awareness. So, um, I mean, uh, one of the ones that I've noticed recently is these uh, text messages that um, they'll be blasting out. So like after we've had a couple of hailstorms here recently through the San Antonio area and look, the bad guys know that a whole bunch of y'all out there on the radio have USAA for your homeowner's insurance. Um, and after a big hailstorm, and you also have USAA for your auto insurance. And uh, so after a hailstorm, they'll send a bunch of 
text messages saying, your USAA claim is being updated. Please click on this link. And USAA, um, to my knowledge, does not send text messages like that for claim updates. If anyone out there from USAA wants to correct me, please let me know. But the hackers are using that type of attack vector. And the, the other uh, ones that you, you'll see is they'll, they'll pick a major bank um, in an area um, and they'll, uh, or like they'll pick something like Capital One where they know a whole bunch of people have a Capital One credit card. And they'll say, hey, here's a text message that says here's a fraud alert on your Capital One credit card. Um, just go to the Capital One website or go to the USAA website, log into their portals, um, type the URL in yourself. Uh, don't click on the link in the text message. Uh, and if those messages are real, they'll be available in those secure portals from those type of financial providers. So, uh, yeah, just getting that type of information out to people so that they start to think a little bit um, in a, a security mindset um, is super important to um those families because the ultimately the criminals are looking to steal your information so they can steal money from you um this is the the days of the little kids in a basement playing around um hacking things for the the fun of it is pretty much gone i mean it, maybe there's some kids out there still doing that but really most of the the bad things going out on, on the internet are organized criminals uh that are looking to uh profit from uh, their ability to exploit other people uh, and uh, please don't make yourself one of those victims. Uh, there's, uh, yeah, great information uh, through the Our Lady of the Lake sharing out there in the community so they can maintain their accreditation. And, and in San Antonio area, there's a ton of organizations uh, sharing this information. So uh, you, uh, as a, a resident here in this area or as a listener to this program on iHeartRadio streaming uh, nationwide, uh, you, you should have a, a leg up on uh, the, those folks out there looking to do bad uh, and you should uh, be able to uh, help protect yourself, your family, and your business. Absolutely. And th if there's anybody out there, a uh, nonprofit organization, a business, or someone uh, that would like us to stop by uh, and have uh, perhaps a class or workshop on basic cybersecurity elements, we can do that. A couple of years ago, we went to HealthLink, and we uh, had a class, and we had some of our students um, collaborate on this, and we taught a class on mobile device safety so yeah. you know texting everything that you were just talking about yeah, that's that's great stuff and i mean the the non non-profit organizations out there are, are ones uh where uh, the criminals are going after them as well um and non-profit organizations as they get um lumpy donations throughout the year it's it's harder for the financial uh, institutions that work with them to be able to flag certain things for fraud um, because they might be legitimately sending out two hundred thousand um, dollars to run a, their major event for the year. So it's it's not um, it's something that they have to have controls and systems to allow. Uh, but if that two hundred thousand dollars gets wired to a criminal instead of to the the uh, event host and catering company and all the rest of those sorts of things for uh, a non-for-profit, they may not be able to run that event this year, and that may bankrupt the whole thing. So, like, uh, if you are a non-for-profit, and uh, yeah, please take Dr. Clark up uh, on uh, her offer uh, if you you've not had your staff go through a, a basic level cybersecurity training, because it really um, it only takes one year on many of those sorts of things for the stuff to go catastrophically wrong for for many of those folks out there that are um, in a business of trying to do good for the world. Um, but bad people don't care that you're trying to do good for the world. They like your money all the same. Absolutely. Motivated high school student out there now uh, thinking about, you know what, I'm interested in not having these bad things happen to good people. Uh, 
so uh, at Our Lady of the Lake, uh, the scholarship opportunities for students in uh, computer information systems and security? Yes, we actually encourage all of our students to apply for scholarships. There are certain scholarships that uh, are made available to us because we are uh, CAE, which we will talk a little bit more about that later, I think. And um, because of that, there are some additional scholarships that are available to our students. But we've also had a couple of scholarships that we have been uh, provided throughout the year. So FCA has uh, given three scholarships to our students each year. And so we have uh, at least one student each year as well who's awarded a scholarship from the San Antonio chapter of AITP. Uh, we are involved with AITP here in San Antonio. And so we have those two that uh, our students have been receiving. We also have a new scholarship fund that was just established for our students by the widow of our former colleague. We unfortunately lost a colleague, uh, Colin Carlisle last year and uh, his widow uh, set up this new scholarship and so we're grateful to have one more way to support our students. Wow that's uh, great stuff. Uh, so for those listening on 1200 WAI we are going to take a quick break for a news traffic and weather update. If you were listening uh, to the uh, replay of this uh, on your favorite podcasting service or uh, watching the still video of us on YouTube uh, there won't be a news traffic and weather update because it won't be relevant in the future uh, and we will be uh, right back here in just a few moments. Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran, and I'm joined uh, this week by Dr. Clark from Our Lady of the Lake University. If uh, you uh, just hopped in your car here uh, after that news traffic and weather update, uh, we've been uh, on the air for half the program now. Uh, you can listen to the program in full. Uh, it'll go up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, June 18th. It'll also go out there uh, on uh, all the podcasting services uh, and uh, up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com as well. So if uh, you did stick with us through that uh, bottom of the hour break, uh, we uh, promised a couple of topics here in the back half of the program, and we will uh, get to those in in just a minute. But I'll, I'll give a kind of a, a quick recap um, through that, that first half of the program. We uh, talked uh, about some of the STEAM programs uh, where uh, Our Lady of the Lake University is uh, helping uh, folks uh, young as 11 this summer uh, kind of out there in a, a STEAM related uh, camp and through their STEAM center to expose them to uh, all of these things so that they will hopefully go pick a, a STEM related pathway in high school here now in Texas and uh, continue on to that into their career. Uh, we talked a little bit about how Dr. Clark found her, her way into uh, computer information systems and security. And by the way, you, you don't have to start studying this stuff at age six in order to become a college professor um, and really to become an expert in your field. Uh, you can start studying the stuff in college, and uh, my guess this week is, is proof of that. Dr. Clark, so we had uh, said that one of the areas uh, we were going to dive into is the Master's of Science in Information Systems and Security uh, that Our Lady of the Lake offers. Yes. So, of course, we do offer an undergraduate degree as well in uh, Computer Information Systems and Security, 
But I would uh, like to highlight that graduate degree because it is fully online. So we know that uh, you finished your bachelor's and now uh, you have to join the real world and uh, start working uh, full time. Yeah. And so uh, we offer this uh, fully online degree that is uh, highly customizable in the sense that you don't have to finish in a predetermined period of time. So you can finish it as quickly as one calendar year if you take all summers and all semesters for full course load. But you can also extend that. So if you are terribly busy at work and you only want to take one class in a particular semester, you can do do that as well. So um, it kind of gives you a lot of flexibility to choose what you want to do. Yeah, no, it's it's exciting to see um, the universities add flexibility to these programs to increase the graduation rate. Um, is you when you sign up for the master's program, you may believe that you're going to be able to get it done in 12 months or 18 months or two years, whatever the original uh, target was, uh, depending on what kind of the program was at that master's level. Uh, but then life happens, um, and and historically, without the flexibility in these type of programs, you would have somebody that would end up dropping out, and never going back and finishing that that program. So now, uh, being able to go down to a one course in a over the period of a semester uh, and then maybe take more the next semester and that flexibility is super important um, so that folks when they're going into the program you understand that life can happen and you're still uh, gonna have a university partner that will work with you absolutely yeah so for for those um, thinking about this master's degree say that they they majored in economics in college and now they're working in business and they realized I need more cybersecurity knowledge in order to move my career forward? So we've actually had quite a few students that uh, face those circumstances. And we do offer a boot camp. And so before you join the master's program, uh, you can join the boot camp. And what the boot camp does is it uh, teaches foundations of computer information systems to those students that did not have uh, CISS as a major in their undergraduate degree. And so if they take it's it's pretty intensive, so I'm not saying it's going to be yeah, uh, but very easy. As we were talking about it during the bottom of the hour break, by boot camp, she really means, I think, six classes somewhere yes. in that ballpark. Yeah, so yeah. you end up with, uh, you know, five, six books at minimum. Uh, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of work. You There's a lot of topics that you're going to deal with. But this will allow you to switch gears a little bit and move from whatever field you're in and have a degree in uh, computer information systems and security that may either allow you to uh, move to a different field or will give you an edge in your own field. Yeah. And, and so for for those uh, going through and thinking about this uh, master's degree program, uh, you, you teach some of the courses in there. Do you have a, a favorite course or maybe I don't make you pick a favorite, but which one would you like to talk about? <laughs> um, well, typically the courses, so our graduate program is uh, sort of divided into two. We have the traditional computer information systems topics, and then we have the information assurance and security topics. So uh, they take uh, basically half and half. Typically, I enjoy teaching uh, the courses that focus on systems analysis and design or data, database uh, analysis and design. So those are typically the ones that I will be uh, teaching there. Yeah. So uh, and and for for those that maybe maybe they took a a minor in um, computer information systems in their undergrad, 
and, and they they did a, a intro to databases courses. So what's some of like the the difference as you move from that undergraduate level course to a, a graduate level course in databases? We try to move to more advanced topics in uh, both of those classes. So uh, typically at the undergraduate, really even if you majored in computer information systems, the both of those courses, systems analysis and design and database, are really introductory courses. You usually take one in any traditional yeah. uh, core in at the undergraduate level. So uh, you're not expected to be an expert by the time you arrive to the graduate program. So we do begin uh, with reviewing some of those foundational topics, and then we try to move into uh, more detail, perhaps things that we thought were uh, too advanced to teach to an undergrad uh, undergraduate class, then we move into those topics and add uh, things like a little bit more SQL, for example, when yeah. you're working with a database, um, being able to do some, should I say, fancier yes. <laughs> things in a database as opposed to just a bare bones uh, database that you just functions, right? So we have uh, some time to deal with some more intricate issues and uh, give them some advanced knowledge in those topics. Yeah. So as I, as I think about some of this stuff, so like as you, you with a database, I think junior level folks make one giant table inside of the database and just put everything in the one table. Uh, <laughs> or they make a bunch of tables and then they realize later that there's no way to link or index the tables together with each other. So you'll, you'll help uh, fix some of those uh, things that folks without a, a more uh, academic knowledge in these areas, the, some of those mistakes that they'll, they'll end up going and making. Absolutely. So for the, that online course, so if I'm, I'm going through and I'm taking uh, this, this class in databases, uh, how do I, I get access to database software and, and to be able to, to do these different things as a student? What sort of requirements are there for, for me? Okay, so uh, we do have uh, the ability to provide students with virtual machines. And so we understand that there is specialized software that we're going to require our students uh, to have. And of course, they probably will not already have it on their personal devices. And so what we do is we set up virtual machines for them. They can log in remotely from wherever uh, they are, and they'll have access to the software that will be preloaded in those virtual machines for them. Uh, we also take advantage of lab environments that are web-based. And so in a lot of our courses, we will use uh, web-based labs that will allow the student to access it from wherever they are and without having to install any additional software in their personal devices. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, this is um, I am important as you, you think about these different areas. You don't need to have a computer lab at your house. You don't need to have a bunch of servers to be able to, to go through this program. Uh, if you have a, a internet connection and a, a computer at your, your house or you have a computer at your, your work where you can um, use that, depending if, if your employer allows you or maybe your employer is even paying for this master's program so that you can advance your skills, uh, then you, those are all the things that you need to do to, to go through this. So uh, as you're in the, the program, you say you can take um, classes on a ongoing basis so but the the classes in in your master's program run on a on a semester based schedule still so you would have a start date and an end date on there um in each cor course as you go through it correct yes that's a very good question uh there's sometimes uh, a misunderstanding on what a fully online program means and uh it it does provide uh, some increased flexibility 
but there are still deadlines. There's still a beginning and an end. So it's not necessarily working at your pace uh, like you would perhaps in other kinds of courses. Uh, we do work on a semester, normal semester uh, basis. We actually have uh, a different kind of semester for the graduate program. So it's a little bit shorter than the normal semester that the undergraduate students are going to have, maybe just by a couple of weeks. Yeah. And so they do finish a little bit earlier than everybody else. Uh, but uh, yes, absolutely. We um, offer the two semesters and we also offer summer courses. And so they're able to take a spring semester, fall semester, and if they want to, they can take uh, summer courses as well. Yeah, and I, I think this is important for some folks out there as, as they're trying to decide what type of degree program is the, the correct one for them. If you're on a completely independent self-study pace where you are, and there are master's programs out there where you can go through and you, you sign up for the class, it starts when you want it to start and you work through it on your own, it's very difficult to organize a study group. It's very difficult to, um, in some of those cases, even to get office hours with the professor because the, the, and the professor may or may not have any other students taking that class at the time you're taking it. So they have to go, oh, you're on module four of this course. And, and with the, the way that Our Lady of the Lake runs the program, you'll have other students, you'll have the professors teaching a whole group of folks the same curriculum at the same time going through the the, the, the course. So if you're um, in the mindset where you want to be able to have that communication with faculty, you want to be able to have the communication potential with other students to put a study group together, a more structured program is a, a better path to success for you as a learner. Absolutely. You will not feel like you are all alone going through these topics. Uh, we try to provide opportunities to collaborate with the other students in the program. So we try to do some group work, some group projects. Uh, we do uh, online discussions so that the students can get to know each other even though they may be in completely different geographical spaces. And so we do give them the opportunity to have that connection. We, they're also able to join uh, the Cyber Saints, which uh, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that yeah, later. We'll, we'll but get to that here in a second. Yes, but uh, our grad online graduate students, we just started doing this. We uh, put out all our meetings uh, using Skype and so even if you're in a different state, you can join our uh, group meetings and you can participate in competitions and you can work with other graduate students and the undergraduate students as well. So it gives that sense of community, I believe. Yeah, and I think that's uh, important for folks as they're going through and, and understanding what type of uh, program is right for them uh, and what the things that they should expect to get out of uh, uh, the program that you have at Our Lady of the Lake. So, uh, yeah, so you uh, just hopped in your car right now or turned on uh, your uh, iHeart radio streaming uh, to 1200 WAI on your computer or your Android or iOS device. Uh, you're listening to Cyber Talk Radio. Uh, I'm the host, Brett Pyatt. I'm joined by uh, Dr. Vanessa Clark from Our Lady of the Lake University, and we've been talking uh, about all sorts of things going on over there on the, uh, the west side of San Antonio, uh, by the lake, as they call it. And uh, so if you wanted to hear uh, this program in full, it'll be up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, uh, June 18th. It'll also go out there on all the different podcasting services and uh, YouTube and elsewhere across the Internet. Uh, if you uh, have a favorite podcasting service where you uh, listen to programs on a regular basis, if you do not see CyberTalk Radio on that service, let us know on Facebook or Twitter. We will fix that, and we will get you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt. Uh, and for those of you that have uh, stuck with us throughout the program, you know, uh, Dr. Clark just mentioned the Cyber Saints. We, we had promised we were going to 
talk some about them here in the second half. So let's make sure we, we get to uh, covering what the heck are the Cyber Saints. Yes. So uh, the Cyber Saints are our student group. And uh, just like it sounds, uh, they focus on cybersecurity topics, but it's not just all cyber. We deal with uh, programming topics. We uh, deal with analytics, database, uh, systems analysis and design. And so what this group is, is a group of uh, students. They don't need to be computer information systems security majors. So while most of them are, uh, it is not a requirement. Yeah. So we allow anybody from the university that perhaps is minoring in CISS or just interested in it, um, they're able to join us and uh, join the group. And we have a coordinated effort to do self-training. So part of what they do is they form interest groups and then they assign a lead for each of those interest groups. And they get to study uh, topics that perhaps we didn't have time to do in a class. Yeah. As you know, we can uh, teach programming, but we can't teach every language no. <laughs> out there. There are too many. And so, uh, we, for example, we teach Python. So if the students are interested in learning Java, they can form an interest group in CyberSaints, and they can do some uh, self-study there, but then they can also ask the faculty members to help. So... Uh, often faculty members will have workshops for the students in a specific topic that they have requested. Uh, it, yeah, so I, I think that's Im important to know that you've got that group um, that, that gets together because as I think about things and, and talk with, with kids these days, we have a number of college interns in um, here with us at, over the summer at, at my work. And you have students across... Uh, every field now um, needing to learn um, some about programming, needing to learn some about how to interact with computer systems. Uh, as I think, like biology students, if they're not able to use uh, programming and statistical analysis, it makes doing those biology experiments much more complicated. And you, you get in, I think there's some universities even now offer a computational biology degree, which is really a computer, math, and biology all in one kind of program. Uh, and, and so having that available and open to students across all majors is, is something that uh, I think is really important and is glad we could talk about it here. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it tied into the Cyber Saints or separately related to that. So uh, Our Lady of the Lake also has a, a CCDC team, which is the Collegiate Cyber Defense Cup. Uh, yes, we actually CCDC is only one of uh, numerous competitions. So we try to join uh, as many competitions as possible, especially if they're local or if they're able to join remotely. Yes. And so, yes, uh, CCDC, um, Panoply, uh, USITCC. And so we try to get involved. FCA had a, now has a, a Capture the Flag, uh, an annual capture the, capture the Flag, and we get involved with that. So, yes, we try to get involved uh, with as many competitions as uh, possible. And typically it is our Cyber Saints that spearhead those competitions. So for those that have not heard of, of CCDC, if you're a regular listener to the program, you, you probably know what that is. But, uh, if not, uh, it is the collegiate level of Cyber Patriot. So it's a team sport for cybersecurity. Uh, it's just like you play high school football, you can play college football. If you play high school cyber patriot or middle school cyber patriot, the, the collegiate level uh, of that is called the, the CCDC. So uh, many of the, the ones you just mentioned uh, may be new to our audience. We'll, we'll pick one here, the, the USITCC. Can you uh, help share a little bit more uh, about that for our listeners? 
Yes, I can. Uh, so the UITCC is actually fairly new in its uh, current format. This uh, came from the an AITB conference that used to be held for students, which also included competitions um, in not just cybersecurity, but other traditional computer information systems topics as well. Uh, AITP, as you may or may not know, got bought out by CompTIA. And so they stopped uh, hosting those conferences for students. And so there was a group of people that have been had been involved with the conference that decided we want to keep this going for the students. And so what they came up with was the US um, Information Technology Collegiate Conference, the US ITCC. And there's one in the fall, one in the spring. The one in the fall is a regional conference. The one in the spring is a national conference. We actually just had one in April in Galveston Island. And it brings together uh, students from all over the country and they get to attend sessions um, in the conference, but they also get to compete. And so they have competitions in database systems analysis and design, security, analytics, um, and they have a couple more than those. And so it, it's a lot of fun for the students. It's typically a three-day conference. And uh, they usually, uh, it, it's very hectic. We usually start at 8 a.m. and everything ends probably at 9 p.m. The competitions are fairly long. It's about four hours um, per exam. But the students love it. And they also get the chance to get uh, some certifications while they're out there. So they, they usually set up a place where they can go and, and take some uh certification exams and so it's a wonderful learning experience for the students yeah no i think it's good to expose them to that and help them build the their professional network because uh, i mean it no one can become an expert in everything out here in in any field these days you you have to pick an area to focus and the way that you can uh, get questions answered or solve problems in things that are related to your areas of expertise is by having uh, a strong network of colleagues. And the, the way you start building those are um, during your, your time in university or at your, your early working career. Um, and those relationships, if you, you treat them well, will uh, help you uh, and help your your success, your employer, and, and, and your career uh, along the, the long term. And so if, if you're um, just sitting in a room studying by yourself and not getting out and getting involved in attending these conferences or joining a, an organization like the Cyber Saints, uh, you're really limiting uh, the opportunities that are being presented to you uh, and not taking full advantage of them. Yeah. Uh, so one, as we I think that Cyber Saints and getting out to these different conferences and participating in the different competitions is, is kind of all part of and we talked a little bit about um, the NSA and DHS certification for the Center of Academic Excellence. But uh, I want to just uh, close on that uh, piece because this is, is really Im important um, out there for listeners to, to know um, that. These programs, and, and you, you think in, in the academic side of things that they're teaching just academia and stuff that is in a, a theoretical level of, of interest, that the, the NSA and the, the Department of Homeland Security, they're focused on making sure that these things that are, are being taught are practical to be applied out there because the, the NSA and DHS, their goal is to have a, a more secure country and, and for the, the graduates out of these kind of programs uh, to be able to go provide their employers uh, with 
uh, real practical security improvements that they can make and, and processes they've learned and ways to analyze uh, things that, they, that they've learned that can go out there and be applied. And um, as, as you, you go through that center of academic excellence in a kind of a, a couple of minutes, share some more of your thoughts about like the, the, the differences on and how you teach and, and how the, the, the university goes through these programs because of it. Yes, absolutely. And so being a CAE means that our curriculum is actually mapped to the requirements. And so we don't just get to choose any topic that we want to cover. We have to map the curriculum. And so we have to cover certain topics uh, that the NSA has uh, decided these are the most important topics. And somebody who is graduating from a computer information systems and security program must know this. Yeah. So uh, th we have to map every single course, every topic that is uh, taught in our courses is mapped to those requirements. We have to um, provide hands-on experiences for our students. So we do have a security lab on campus that is completely disconnected from the university network, of course, yes. <laughs> because the students get to analyze malware samples. We have a malware course, penetration testing course. So they get to do a lot of fun things in there. Yeah, no, that, that's uh, one where the, the air gap is still an effective way to uh, to keep that stuff safe. It's uh, in the computer world, if you, you think about this malware and viruses, it's very much just like the medical world, like um, viruses, infectious diseases, malware is kind of like an infectious disease, and you want to keep it in a safe quarantined lab. You don't want to uh, allow it out uh, into the open air, into the in, on the internet side of things, it's to an open network connection. Uh, you, you've got to keep that stuff in a safe place. So it's uh, great to see that you have that that lab on campus. And uh, for the listeners in our listening area, they um, can easily go and, and have access to that if they're in your one of your degree programs. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us uh, this week on CyberTalk Radio. It's been a pleasure talking with you uh, about Our Lady of the Lake and all of the uh, great programs you've got going on there and specifically if uh, folks are looking to uh, get that master's of science uh, to move your career along in information systems and security uh, you can take one uh, fully online at our lady of the lake university thank you very much for having me yes and if uh, you just turned on right now and wondered what you're listening to this is cyber talk radio on 1200 wai and you can learn more on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com